Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of 2021 for Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast. I'm your host, John Puma from the Sake Notes, also the administrator over at the Internet Sake Discord, the guy on the show who is notably not a sake samurai, just an old-fashioned sake otaku like you guys. And I am your host, Timothy Sullivan. Happy New Year. I am the sake samurai. I am a sake educator as well as the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I will be tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. So, John, Happy New Year. Here we are. Happy New Year, Tim. I hope you had a, a relaxing week off from the show. I did. Very relaxing. I'm all recharged and ready to go. Fantastic. That's what we like to hear. Now, you know what we usually ask each other this time of year? What are your New Year's resolutions? But, you know, I'm going to put a little twist on it. Hmm. I'm going to ask you what your sake resolutions are for 2021. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. Well, my sake New Year's resolution kind of ties into what I'm going to be drinking a little later on. But one thing that we've found over the past year is that we really need to support our local places because with the pandemic and a lot of the quarantines, a lot of local places were, were suffering. So what I'm going to be hoping to do is buying more locally from around me. And specifically, I mean, sake. I happen to be lucky enough to have a place nearby that's been dipping their toe into expanding their sake selection. And I'm doing everything I can to encourage that and kind of spread the word and get things out there uh, about sake. That's strictly speaking my sake New Year's resolution. I think that's great. And as you said, you know, during this, this pandemic crap, it's really important to support our local businesses. So bravo, yeah, yeah. bravo. That's a great resolution. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. And uh, what about you? What do you, what do you have uh, up your sleeve? Well, my sake revolution, I mean, my sake, <laughs> <laughs> no, my sake resolution is to drink outside my comfort zone. Now I've been drinking sake a long time and we settle in our grooves we do. I tend to gravitate towards the styles that I like and getting a little bit too comfortable. So I brought a sake today that is something I would normally not grab off the shelf. I'm going to shake things up and I'm going to try to drink styles that are usually not my favorite, mm -hmm. but they may very well become my favorite. So we're going to expand Tim, our palate. Yeah, you're expanding your horizons. This is very interesting, yes. Tim. Going to color outside the lines this year. Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> nice. So, you know, we mentioned at the top of this, this is our first episode of the year, and these are our sake resolutions. <laughs> so you've actually experienced New Year's in Japan, right? Like, yes. You spent a year there, and I imagine you didn't like leave on December 31st and, <laughs> and miss it. Yeah, I experienced one New Year's in Japan, so I mm -hmm. got to go through that and experience some of the cultural activities that everybody does in New Year's, and it, it's really fun, and there's a lot of traditions that are very fixed. Like in the U.S., on Thanksgiving, you have a turkey. Like, that's what everybody does. And there's some yeah. things like that in Japan for New Year's, too. And I have to say, New Year's is a huge, huge holiday in Japan. 
huge like they, huge. they go to they go outside and drink and have a countdown or something or <laughs> no because we do that they, they go back to their families and they take several days off and uh it's it's a time to be with family and recharge and they say i've heard that they say what you do on new year's is indicative of how you'll spend the year so one thing that many many japanese people do on new year's is they go to a shinto shrine and they do an offering to the Shinto gods and they pray for good health and their family's health and good things for the year. And that is something that I did on New Year's Day when I lived in Japan too. And it was so crowded, like everybody was there. <laughs> and when it comes to sake, there's actually a sake tradition as well. Aha. Now we're getting down to it. Into the, into the name of our show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a type of sake called otoso. And otoso? It, otoso. And okay. it is an herbed medicinal sake that is consumed traditionally. Uh, it, it was believed to be healthy and give you longevity and long life. So mm -hmm. there's a ceremonial drinking of this otoso style sake, and mm -hmm. it is... Uh, kind of an old-fashioned tradition. It's not something you're going to see in every household, but it, it is a sake tradition that's tied exclusively to New Year's Day. So I think that's really fun to just recognize. And if you ever have a chance in Japan on New Year's Day to drink Otoso, you have to do it. So we, we, we didn't bring any Otoso today. <laughs> no, I don't have any. Uh, so what is it? Is it like, like Amazake or... Uh, well, is you it, know, like what, what is what is Otoso? I've never actually had it myself. Oh, this is a I've, mission now. We've got to find some. Yes. I think it's something that people m make their own concoction, and it's a uh, herbed sake that is supposed to be fortifying for your health and bring you longevity. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe we don't need to do that then. <laughs> I'm not sure weird. it tastes amazing. <laughs> But people also drink sake on New Year's Day as a very celebratory thing as well. So uh, there's there's plenty of sake flowing on New Year's. So, Tim, outside of your, your sake New Year's resolution, which is very admirable, I really like the idea of trying to go outside <laughs> your comfort zone and have some funky stuff. I think my shell has some for you that you might want to try. Oh, no. Uh, crazy sake. Exactly. Um what about uh, what about your day to day? What's your what's your regular New Year's uh, resolution, and does it tie somehow to sake? <laughs> I always have the standard list of New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to be moving this year, so Ooh, yes, um, my lease is up, and I'm definitely getting a new apartment in the late winter, early spring, sometime. Mm -hmm. And I'm having minimalist vibes, like Marie Kondo vibes right now. Like, I'm looking at everything in my apartment like, you don't spark joy. You don't spark joy. Of course, this does not apply to my sake collection. But uh, everything else, I'm that, like... All of that sparks joy. <laughs> all of that sparks a lot of joy. <laughs> but looking around my apartment, I'm like, oh, why do I have that? So uh, m this idea of moving this year has really gotten me, especially with New Year's happening, to have like a Marie Kondo moment. So that's really what I'm focused on right now. How about you, John? Well, I have been inspired by our good friend, Sake Man. Go back and check the show notes. You'll see that we 
had Sake Man read on a few episodes back, and he talked about the Sake Man creed, their motto. And so I, I'm inspired by that, and I'm going to try to be a little bit more like Sake Man. Now, that does not mean that my plan is to put on a luchador mask and start pouring sake for people, <laughs> at least not until the pandemic is over. But one of their major things was the work hard, play hard, drink hard. And I, I play hard traditionally, and I drink hard on occasion. But I think that especially in the past year with the with the pandemic, I have not been taking care of my body in the, in the right way. I haven't been working out enough, mm. which I believe that uh, sake men are all uh, judo practitioners. Obviously, that is not going to be my route, especially in the current environment. So my wife and I got a, a very nice exercise bike, a Peloton, and I'm trying to do at least 30 minutes of, of spin classing every single day. Wow. That's amazing. That's a cool exercise bike. And it's very uh, pandemic chic, I have to say. Like, that, is the, so. that is the exercise device to have for the pandemic. And everybody in the whole world has been kind of trapped indoors. And it takes an extra effort to maintain your physical self during these really challenging times. Not only mm -hmm. is it hard to get out and exercise, but it's also super stressful. Being outside is difficult. It's not yeah. easy. It's uh, you know, you, going to the going to the store to get groceries is a stressful endeavor. Sometimes it's not, it's not as happy go lucky as it once was. Um, but over the over the summer, we we did purchase bikes so that we could mm -hmm. get further. And I think we might have talked about it on the on the show in the past that my wife and I would get get our bikes and like ride to Manhattan and go to Decibel and stuff like that. And it was like, wow, we can actually go places. But now it's entirely too cold for that. Yep. Um, and then also like it rains and stuff like that. And so how do we how do we keep active when we can't go outside? And so that was the answer was that we'd get this. And it's been it's I've Tim, I was kind of a hater of this kind of thing going mm -hmm. in, but I, I am very much a convert now. And I think it's a good move. And it helps me justify all the sake that I drink. Yes. Well, those those sake calories can be sneaky. They sneak up on you. They do sneak up on you. So and, sake, uh, while delicious uh, and very high in calories, somehow not filling. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you still need to eat. Especially um, that magic water. <laughs> yes. that, that does not fill you up. <laughs> no, no, it just doesn't. But it tastes good. <laughs> All right, Tim. I think it is time for us to, well, let's put your sake New Year's resolution almost said revolution again uh put your sake new year's resolution to the test and what have you got with you today well i'm gonna put my sake revolution resolution to the test how about that i, I like it <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so again my resolution was to drink outside my comfort zone and for those of you who may be listening for the first time my favorite styles of sake are kind of lighter, cleaner, super crisp, sometimes very gently fruity, but definitely on the lighter end of the spectrum when it comes to sake. That's generally what I tend to go for. And to get out of that rut and to shake things up, I've gone for something on the other end of the spectrum. Mm. So I actually brought a Junmai Nigori with me today. Junmai Nigori? Yes. 
Tim, this isn't even from Yamagata. I know. This is a cloudy style sake. So again, Nigori's are cloudy style sake. And Junmai is our entry level pure rice style. The brand name is Yaemon. And this is their Tsuki Akari, which means moonlight or pale moonlight. And that Ooh. reflects the kind of whitish color of the sake, kind of pale moonlight. Uh, this is a Junmai sake, as I mentioned. The rice is Gohyaku Mangoku, uh, and uh, our milling rate here is 65% remaining. And our SMV, that measurement of sweetness or dryness, this is a minus 15. Ooh. <laughs> uh. This is much sweeter than I would usually go. Yeah. This yeah. Is a, sounds a little bit more like something that Scott would enjoy. <laughs> well... We're going to give it a taste and see how that goes. Uh, John, do you want to introduce your revolution resolution? Sure. Um, so I have a bottle of Senkin Immortal Wing Classic Muku Junmai Daigenjo. And that's a lot wow. of words. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Senkin is the name of the brand and, and also the brewery. Immortal Wing, I believe, is just the English translation of that. Muku is the name they're giving to their Yamada Nishiki-based sake. And it's Junmai Daigenjo because it's milled to 50%. Now, it's actually interesting. The koji rice is milled to 40%. Mm. The kakemai is milled to 50 which is really a little interesting there. And I think I mentioned that this is their classic. Now, most of the sake that they sell comes in two varieties, classic and modern. And all the stats and the rices and the yeast are the same but the brewing style is different. I think it's a very interesting concept that I think maybe we can go into more depth in a later episode. But this is something that that a local place literally around the corner from my apartment had. And they had like they had dipped their toe a little bit in the sake in the mm -hmm. past. And I was there one day and saw a couple of cases and recognized the logo. And I was like, excuse me, you, when are these going on the shelf? And the guy was like, well, uh, we're not so sure. We, we you know, we you know, we were we we might have purchased them by accident. I was like, please look, but the <laughs> I will buy these. Just please <laughs> sell this. I will buy it, and I will I will tell other people. <laughs> um, and that that apparently is how you can get local places to sell sake if they already accidentally purchased it. So you walked in and the cases were just sitting there. The cases were like, like uh, near the back, like near the near like the storeroom, oh like just gosh. stacked up. And I was like, wait a minute, they don't sell sink in here. Wait a minute, do they sell sink in here? And that was, wow. and I hope I got into their ear because we, we shop at this place occasionally and mm -hmm. we'd come back in and be like, hey, what about that sake? Because we're, yeah. we're, we're ready. We'll buy it right now. <laughs> and they finally put it on the shelf and I, I'm making good and I'm picking up my end of the bargain and I, I bought a bottle. Awesome. Well, that's great. You know, yeah. you, you put your money where your mouth was and you, you know, you encourage them instead of just sending it back because it was a mistake order. They put it on the shelf. They're going to see, well, let's see what happens. And there you are buying there it. That's awesome. <laughs> so you are walking the walk. I am walking the walk. So Tim, why don't we get you out of your comfort zone first? Okay. I'm ready. Doing my stretches right now. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Now, that's an igori, Tim, so make sure you, igori, uh, yep. you do stir, uh, stir it up a little bit. What do you call that when you rotate well, the bottle to make sure that the igori gets around? I say invert the bottle. 
invert the bottle. Yes, you want right. to turn it upside down a few times, and you can give it a little shake. The one exception to that, of course, is our sparkling nigoris. We don't want to <laughs> shake those. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up and give it a pour. Guys, it's a pretty good idea to, just in case it's sparkling, just never shake the nigori. Just gently turn it. All right. Well, pouring it into the glass, I see the pale moonlight. <laughs> Did you dance with the devil? <laughs> well, it's our classic slightly off-white nigori color. And when I swirl it in the glass, there's very little particulate sticking to the glass. So this is what I would say a very fine particulate nigori. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't get big chunks sticking to the side of the glass here. Let's give it a smell. Oh, wow. So it smells very ricey right off the nose. So mm, okay. it's a Junmai style. That means no added alcohol, just pure rice. And you get a full nose of steamed rice, almost rice pudding kind of smell. Ooh, yeah, really interesting. Like rice pudding. That's nice. And there's a little bit of that lactic character. You get a little bit of creaminess. So I think rice pudding is really a good way to describe this aroma. Okay, so I'm still pushing my boundaries here. All right, so let's go ahead and give it give it a taste. Hmm. Okay, it is sweet. It tastes like rice pudding too. <laughs> it's now, sweet. I, I might get something out of your New Year's uh, resolution because I really mm. like rice pudding. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you like rice pudding, this is the sake for you. It's sweet. It's creamy. Uh, there's a little bit of like soft cream flavor and rice flavor. And it is noticeably sweet. But the one thing I'm picking up on that you don't get in rice pudding itself is there's there's a bit of acidity at the finish that kind of balances out that sweetness and the alcohol is very well integrated so you don't get any boozy notes or any heat or anything like that but the finish has a little brightness and a little acidity that doesn't leave the sweetness sticking to your to your tongue and sticking to your palate so it's not unpleasantly uh cloyingly sweet uh, hmm. really great we talked when we had the nigori with scott a few episodes back we talked about pairing it with chocolate chip cookies and how it would go with dessert and if you can imagine taking a double chocolate chip cookie and dipping it in rice pudding and eating that like yum like that is what you're dealing with here it, it's got the texture and the sweetness of of a desserty thing that that's gonna lead to an extra hour on the bike thanks <laughs> All right. Well, that is my first resolution done for the new year. I feel accomplished. I feel... I, you look, you're smiling, you look accomplished. <laughs> yes. I've stepped out of my comfort zone and I, I feel pretty proud of myself. So You did? And it, was, it wasn't scary at all? No, no, no. Oh, good. It was, I'm glad you were here to help me along, but uh, we, we did great. And I have a new sake flavor under my belt. And we're going to bounce it over to you, John. And I want to learn about this sake you bought locally. Uh, sure. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit by having this, like, Junmai Daiginjo is something I bought locally. But I did buy it locally. <laughs> yes. Right around the corner from your house. That's fantastic. I believe they do their maturation in bottle. So that's probably why I got that little pop. Ooh, this is a this aroma is 
is very nice. It's um, uh, Tim, unlike you, this is very much in my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> very fruity, got a little uh, hmm, like a like berry, like a like lychee, or or like and like a little hint of like a something sweeter, like a almost like a marshmallow or bubble gum or something like that. Mm. And then the taste is, um, well, the first thing I noticed is the mouthfeel. It does have a little bit of a dance on the tongue, a little bit of like fizziness to it, because I, I imagine probably from that maturation in bottle. Um, and it is making good on that promise that the aroma is giving you. A little bit of uh, pineapple, so some tropical uh, fruits on there, a little bit of acidity in the middle, and you know, a, like a subtle amount of umami on the finish. So I think that despite being kind of fruity and a little bit sweet, I'll go over the stats a little bit more in a moment, despite being uh, a little bit uh, fruity on the front, it's got a richness to it that really will make it uh, more food friendly than I think a lot of sakes that present this way up front are going to are going to do. Sake meter value is minus two, so it's a little bit on the sweeter end of the spectrum. Acidity is 2.2, which probably balances out that sweetness very nicely. And uh, it's only 15% alcohol, so your Nigori is a little bit boozier than my Junmai Daiginjo, Tim. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, acidity 2.2 is quite high. Yeah. It, it overall. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if you pick up on some of that bright acidity on your sake as well. And I, and I do think it just, it balances out the sweetness hmm. uh, and brings it, um, it doesn't neutralize the sweetness, but it balances it out and it makes it yeah. a very pleasant tasting experience. Hmm. This is some really nice stuff. Yeah. Uh, and again, not too far out of my comfort zone, but that was your resolution. That's right. How about the texture of that sake? I, I imagine that these really, low luxurious milling rates 40 percent and 50 percent are probably giving you some pretty smooth texture there a bit but there is a lot of uh as i had mentioned a lot of fizziness on the tongue hmm. so that dominates the texture conversation a little bit uh if you let it if you let it linger in your mouth a little bit that subsides and it does become a little bit velvety yeah and What's unique about the situation right now is you just opened that bottle 10 seconds ago. So mm -hmm. once that bottle has been open for an hour or two, some of that gas is going to escape and you're going to get more the true texture of that sake, I think, when you next time you drink it. Probably. I, I feel like there's a lot of artistry involved with what I'm drinking mm -hmm. here. It's uh, very well thought out and very well crafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brewery is well known for that sinking is is fantastic. And I, I agree with what you said before that we, in the future, we should do an episode just on their brewery, their classic versus their modern line and see what the differences are. And, and the fact that they're making these sakes with the same kind of statistics, but with different production methods, a classic version and a modern version, super interesting. I'm super intrigued by that. And I'd love to explore that more. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like something, especially for the West, that's going to be a little bit unique, uh, something that we don't really see a lot. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. 
So we've mentioned this word kakemai a few times and kojimai. So mai means rice. And kojimai is, as you mentioned, that's the rice that we use to make the koji rice. We grow the mold on there. But kakemai is a word that we might not have used before. That's actually the starch component. And when we make a batch of sake, we use koji rice and the starch component rice. It's about 20% koji rice to 80% of the starch component. And uh, that's what that kakemai really is. So I think it's interesting that your sake uses different milling rates for those two types of rice. And the koji rice is really important because that releases all the sugars during the brewing. So they gave that the more luxurious, more high-end treatment. And I really think you're picking up on some of that smooth character in there. Mm. Oh, yes. Character. That's, that's a great mm. point. This has a lot of character. <clears throat> Fantastic. Well, John, I think we're both taking really good steps towards an amazing 2021 we're living our truth. We're living our resolutions. And I'm proud of both of us. Oh, well, thank you, Tim. I'm proud of you, too. Yeah, let's keep it up. All right. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners so much for tuning in. We really do hope that you're enjoying our show and that you're looking forward to a great 2021 as we are. Now, if you'd like to support our show, one way you can really help us out would be to take a couple of minutes and leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. For us, it's one of the best ways to help get the word out about our show. And please be sure to subscribe wherever you download your podcast because we don't want you to miss a single episode. And as always, to learn more about any of the topics or any of the sakes we talked about in today's episode, be sure to visit our website, sakerevolution.com, for all the detailed show notes. And if you have a sake question that you need answered, we want to hear from you. Please reach out to us over at feedback at sakerevolution.com. Until next time, please remember to keep drinking sake that's outside of your comfort zone. Support your local shops. And kampai. <laughs> Resolution Revolution. Resolution, I think it's probably going to be the episode title, right? <laughs>